No, thank you so much for being here. Did the teenagers do an awesome job? Uh, I know they all left, and they're probably going to go grab a coffee or something. Who knows what they're going to do? But uh, um, I, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll probably need to stop before I get emotional, um, like I am. If you know me, my heart, my passion has always been young people. And there was such a period of time at Oasis when we didn't have it. We didn't have young people. We didn't have a lot of students. And to see our kids being able to serve, um, yes, it's a little bit more special because it's my own. A couple of them are my own. Um, and to see them worship is just an, uh, such, a, such a joy to me. And uh, I told him before we started, I'm proud of them. Uh, those are, you know, I think the thing that's so neat to me is, and I don't, Dan and Rachel do an incredible, <laughs> incredible job, so I'm not taking away from them, but they've kind of chose to do that on their own. They came to us and said, hey, we want to do this. We want to step in and we want to lead and we want to do those things. And so it's been um, just an incredible, incredible journey to watch them kind of grow up and to serve the Lord in such a manner um, to add Caleb into the mix over the last year and a half or two, whatever, however long he's been here. And uh, it's just been, it's been awesome. So uh, thank, thank them and let them know that you love them and that you're proud of them, um, whether you really know them or not. Uh, our teenagers need people to be their cheerleaders. And so I pray that you will do that for them. Hebrews chapter 11 in verse number 23, uh, if you have your Bible with you this morning, I'm going to be, I'm just going to touch on this uh, as a launch point into the story, if you will, and then we're going to spend a lot of our time, I should say most all of our time in Exodus chapter 18, as far as through my points of the sermon this morning. And so Hebrews chapter 11, a verse starting in 23, going to verse number 29, speaking of Moses, it says this, by faith... Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents, <coughs> excuse me, because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. And by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures of in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible, or who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. And finally, in verse 29, by faith they passed through. The Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians assaying to do were drowned. Moses uh, had quite a life. Uh, one of the coolest stories, if you will, in the, in the Bible to me is the story of Moses and watching some of the things that Moses was able to be a part of. Moses uh, got to see God nearly like just about nobody else got to ever see God. Moses was a part of some of the most incredible things that also bring the gospel to us here in 2020. I believe if there's nothing else, one of the, uh, just another cool, powerful uh, story or part of this is God's so powerful, but yet God always chose to use people. 
And God didn't always choose, actually very rarely did God choose to, to use the, the cream of the crop, if you will, of people. God chose people, people like Moses, who was born and put into a little basket and put into the reeds in the, in the water. God used Moses in such an amazing way. Moses lived to be 120 years old. His life, if you really, I find it kind of interesting, but Moses' life is really broken down into segments of 40 years. So all of his life was broken into segments of 40 years. He was born, uh, and he had a really cool upbringing as far as that goes. Not many people can say their mom uh, hid them for several months, and then when they got to the point that they, she couldn't hide him anymore, she took him, she made a little basket, she put him in the river, and she put him in the, we- or in the, the reeds so that he wouldn't float away. And then Pharaoh's daughter comes and is taking a bath and cleaning herself and finds the baby. This is, we were talking about this the other day. Did it, it just is amazing to me that it never crossed Pharaoh's daughter's mind to go, why did some woman randomly come down and say, hey, do you want me to take this baby? Like, never once did it, did it cross her mind apparently uh, as she finds the baby and she looks at the baby and, and she the baby cries Moses cries it breaks her heart and she's broken with compassion Moses's sister comes down out of nowhere right hey can I help you <laughs> yeah because that just happens right everyone everywhere you turn there's somebody just coming out of the weeds can I help you with that child So the story is just incredible. But for those first 40 years, and then we come up to about 40 years of age where Moses gets out of the house. He had been brought up into the the home of Pharaoh. He had uh, literally, he was being groomed to become the next Pharaoh is what most believe. He had all of these things, the greatest of education. You know, what's funny to me is that the education that Moses was brought into is an education that we to this day still look back at and are enamored at some of the things that they chose to do back then that we still can't figure out. How did they do the things that they did? But he was brought up into that. At around 40 years old, he kills an Egyptian. Uh, he kills a man and, uh, and then he flees Egypt, landing in the land of Midian where he helps a young woman grab water from a well. Eventually, that lady would go back home, and her father said, man, that was so fast. How did you do all of that? Well, there was a guy that helped me out. He says what? (laughs) Well, go get him! Which to me just boggles my mind again like I don't know I have three daughters I'm sorry if some dude is helping my daughter I'm not gonna be like well hey Madison well why don't you go get him and bring him home like I know it's a different time and I get all that but like in my mind I'm just kind of going wait like who does that like hey go get him why is he not why did you not bring him home so he goes or he goes and he stays there for the next 40 years he's a shepherd there in that land in that home with that gentleman he would eventually marry Zipporah And I I stop and I think about Moses. 
So you've got Moses, this man who grew up in wealth and incredible greatness. He kills a gentleman. Uh, not a gentleman. He kills a man. They were beating up one of his Hebrew brothers, and he was frustrated at that because he still had a heart for the Hebrew nation. And they go, and he, he goes over there, and he becomes a shepherd for the next 40 years. This is a guy that has the greatest, the greatest of education. He was obviously somebody. But he walks in, and he was willing to serve as a shepherd for 40 years. Numbers chapter 12 and verse number 3 says it this way about Moses. Now now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. The meekest man of all men was Moses, is what it says in Numbers chapter 12. He would eventually marry Zipporah, as I said, one of Jethro's seven daughters. They would have two sons. He would experience the burning bush in Exodus chapter 3, where God met with Moses, and Moses hid his face in fear. God had chosen Moses to go and to lead his people out of exile. In Exodus chapter 3 and verse number 10, really, if you were to go to Exodus, Exodus, 3, Exodus 3 and kind of walk through there, you now begin to see Moses struggling with a lot of different things. He says in Exodus 3 and verse 10, Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But what does Moses say? Not me. <laughs> Hold up, time out, you've got the wrong guy. John chapter 10 and verse number 10 is where we were last week, if you remember. And in John 10, it said what? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Moses was saying all of the things that we talked about last week. We all use excuses when God says, hey, I think I can use you. Hey, I think, I think I, you need this. And we say, well, I'm not talented enough. I don't have the right personality. I can't do this. I can't do that. And we kind of go through all of those things as people. Moses did all of that. Who, me? Who am I that you, God, would ask me to do this, Moses says. God says, listen. Hey, I'm going to be with you. I'll be with you. You need to go. And God, in the, really the rest of chapter 3, begins to explain to Moses all of the things he will do for Moses and all the things he's going to do for the people. And God is sharing and saying all of those things. And in verse number 1 of chapter number 4, he says, they won't even believe me or listen to me. They're not going to hear my voice. God says, Moses, what do you have in your hand? A rod? A staff? Throw it on the ground. We know the story. What happens? It becomes a snake. Hey, pick it up. And we begin to look at these things. Cast it on the ground. It becomes a serpent. God continues to speak and show Moses he is in fact God and will be with him. Moses does what he still questions God. But I'm not eloquent enough. I can't speak, God. Moses, God says, Moses, who made your mouth? <laughs> who made your mouth? 
Have not I made your mouth? Now go, and I will be with you. And we could keep going on and on. The next several chapters, Moses and Aaron would eventually go in and meet Pharaoh. And he says, who is the Lord that I would obey him? Let us go, Pharaoh. The covenant was eventually renewed in chapter number six The children uh, with the children of Israel. Chapter number seven, Moses goes again before Pharaoh and the plagues are now on. The plagues from chapter seven to chapter number 12 and, and, and so on. And, and, and God called Moses and Aaron at night and said, rise up, go out from among my people and go serve the Lord. Take your flocks herds and be gone. Exodus chapter 13 and 17, Pharaoh had let the people go and God led them to go toward the wilderness, not near Philistines. The Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead the way and by night a pillar of fire to give them the light and he did not take that away from them so they could travel Moses says, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord as the children of Israel have come. They're now facing the Red Sea. The, the, the Egyptians have now come behind them and they're standing. The sea on one end, the, the, the people that were about to kill them on the other end. And he says, stand and see the salvation of the Lord. As Moses would take the staff, the rod, and part the Red Sea. They get to the other side, the, the bitter water that was turned to sweet, the manna that was given, the water from the rock, the war from, in chapter number 17, the war with Amalek, where Moses spoke to Joshua, one of the greatest stories ever, where Moses was speaking to Joshua to choose the men to go into battle. Joshua chose the men. Moses goes up to the mountain, and every time Moses raises his hand, they would be victorious. And as Moses' hand got tired, they would begin to take step backwards. And what is happening? Moses begins to hold his hands up, and Aaron and her, they come beside, and they begin to lift up his arms, and they were victorious. I know this is a very, very brief backdrop and a really, really quick story of Moses, I guess, if you will. But as we look at this story this morning and as we look at the thought of influence, I stated this, I made this sermon title this, Influence is Vulnerability. I believe that God took Moses to a place early on that had him become very vulnerable and which ultimately brought him to a place in Numbers 12 that said he was the meekest man. Moses had insecurities. He had fears. But was at the same time willing to be vulnerable to God. He was willing to place himself in a situation that he himself was uncomfortable with. God, I do not know. God, I cannot speak. We here see other passages of Scripture. Uh, Jeremiah, I am too young. And we see all this throughout Scripture. But there was a vulnerability about Moses. When Moses kept saying, God, I'm just not quite sure. And God says, trust me. I will do this. I will be with you. Moses, just trust me. Moses, just be vulnerable. I wonder this morning how many times that we say, God, I've got this, or God, I don't want this, or God, I can't, and we're unwilling to be vulnerable before God. We're unwilling to, to be put in a place where it's literally us trusting in God because we are saying, God, I don't believe I can, but I'm willing to take that little baby step that you would carry me through. 
I'll be vulnerable to you. Listen, we don't like to be vulnerable. I don't like to put myself in vulnerable situations. Have you ever been in a vulnerable situation? Have you ever been in a place where you thought you were vulnerable? I'll never forget being in Egypt, or in, uh, I was in the, uh, I've told the story before, I was in the Amazon jungle area on a, on a trip, we were doing some training with some pastors there in the Amazonas uh, state, and, and the guy that I was with, his name was John, and John's a great friend of mine, and I really love John a lot, and we rented scooter bikes, and we just drove around. And we went down in, we went into the Amazon area, we went down to the waters and we walked around and I've never seen like real, like if you're, you've watched TV and you've seen like war paint and Indians and different things and the different tribal nations, we've seen it on TV. I've never seen that live and in person. So we go down and we're in this little spot and there's these people coming out of the river and they are completely painted. They have like really big, things that would hurt me a lot. I just felt really awkward and really vulnerable. And then we kept riding, and he's like, oh, we need to go down here. So we go down. And why I'm following John, I have no idea. But I'm like, all right, let's go. John obviously doesn't care about his life. I do mine. I wanted to come home. But we get to this spot. We get off of our bikes. We go take a little walk. We go down to this big walkway. And at about I don't know, 50 yards was the last bit of light. And it was just dark. And I got to a place and I stopped. And I, you call me whatever you want. I was like, dark, the light stopped. I couldn't see anything. And I looked at John and I said, John, I'm just telling you, I'm not going. And if we walk much further, here's what I'll do. I will let you lead and I promise you, I know that I'm faster than you and I'm gone exactly what I told him. I said, I'm going to let you go in front of me because I, I know that I'm faster than you. I was vulnerable and I didn't really like it. You know, we get ourselves in those situations and we kind of laugh about it or whatever it is, but I wonder if we're vulnerable with Christ. God, I, I know I need to trust you now. And in Exodus chapter 18, I believe that Moses allowed himself, I believe it wasn't just in this moment, I believe it was God grooming him from the the earliest of his days, but God had prepared Moses so that he would be willing to be vulnerable and listen. And in this moment, I believe, though Moses had seen some of the most incredible things, in chapter number 18, He stepped back just a moment and was willing to listen to somebody and be vulnerable, which ultimately projected forward, which brings us to where we are today. The Ten Commandments have been written, the Mosaic Law, and so many other things out of this moment. Why don't you go with me, or why don't we pray together? I'm not reading all of Exodus chapter 18 Um, but I am going to skim through it in my teaching this morning. And so uh, let's pray, and then we'll get into the points this morning. My introduction is the longest. I think that's what I say every time. But my introduction is obviously the longest part of of this this morning, and I got three very simple thoughts. 
um, that will take us that this influence is vulnerability. Father, we, we thank you for this day. And Lord, we, we look at the story of, of a man, Moses. God, a, a man that was brought into this world at a really uh, not a good time, where the, the male children were being killed. But yet you preserved his life, you saved his life, you had a plan for his life. God, a man who obviously throughout his time and ministry of serving the people and leading the people had great influence over countless numbers of people and still does. But God, I genuinely believe that as we look this morning, this word of vulnerability, this thought of being vulnerable, I wonder how vulnerable that we would be before you today. I wonder how vulnerable we would be with the people around us that we say that we love. And so God, I pray this morning as we look at this thought of influence, as we look at this idea of uh, just realizing the influence that we do have, but also that we need to listen to others as they give us influence. uh, Lord, would we be open to that? For it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. The first thought is, Jethro cared for Moses. If you know much about this passage of scripture, we're in Exodus chapter number 18. Uh, Moses, the priest, uh, or when Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God had done. So if you get at the beginning of that, Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, heard of all of the things. He heard of what was taking place, uh, the war that they had just come out of. Jethro gets uh, Moses' two sons, he gets Zipporah, and they go and they meet Moses. And so that that brings us to about verse number 6, and he said unto Moses, I, thy father-in-law Jethro, am come unto thee and thy wife and her two sons with her. So he says, hey, I've got the family, I've got everybody. And Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and did obeisance and kissed him. And they asked each other of their welfare. So Moses goes out. He meets Jethro. Hey, how are you doing? It was the, the greeting was such an important thing in that, that culture. So how they greeted each other, how they loved each other in that moment. But they stopped for a moment and they said, hey, how are you doing? How are things going? I don't, we don't know how long that they had been apart. We don't know what that looked like, but they both greeted one another. They had great respect and honor, one an honor of one another. They inquired of each other and all that had taken place. Now, we don't know that there would have been any reason that they would have not liked each other. I, I don't know if the in-law situation back in those days was the joke that the in-law situation is in our day, but we don't know <laughs> anything of, of, a, of a disagreement between the two. But they came together and they celebrated the life of one another, really, of what was taking place. And we look at this passage of Scripture. And in 7, Moses went out to meet his father-in-law. He did the obeisance. In verse number 8, And Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done unto Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake. So Moses begins to say, Listen, Jethro, you never believe all of this. 
The, I, I'm imagining he goes through the plagues. I'm imagining he goes through a lot of these things. But he's, these are all the things that are going on. And what do we see here? Jethro does what? And the Egyptians for Israel's sake and all the travail that came upon them by the way and how the Lord delivered them. And in verse number nine, and Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who hath delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh who hath delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Jethro comes and they come together and he was so happy. He was so excited. He said all of these things in celebration. Jethro cared for Moses. And we might go, ah, this is so silly. This is just a simple little thing. But here's what I, I believe this with everything. As we look at this passage of scripture and as we come to the next thought here in just a moment, Jethro could have very easily looked at all of these things and started off with what we're about to see. But Jethro cared for Moses. Jethro celebrated what had just taken place. I don't know about you. How many people in your life do you watch succeed and you go, oh, well, but they had da 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 da. I mean, if I was raised like that, of course I would have. I'll never forget being a teacher and a student of mine said this exact thing to me. But Pastor, but Mr. Flanagan at the time, they called me Mr. Flanagan. I don't know if I liked that or not, but Mr. Flanagan, you grew up in your little white picket fence house, so it's obvious that you had all of these things. I collected myself for about a split second, and I just thought to myself, you have no idea the white picket fence house that I grew up in. Just because you see my family as a good family today, you don't know what my childhood was like. You don't know the things that I saw. Now, I had a great family, but there was a lot that went on in my family when we were kids. And I began to tell that young lady exactly what I went through and the things that I had seen as a child. And she said, oh... See, she thought because of my life that everything was so perfect that I had all of these things. There was no celebrating for me. You know, I've done the same thing. Well, I could build a church too if I was given da 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 I'm not happy for them that they are doing an amazing work for the Lord. I say what? Oh, man, that's so good, but I could do that. How often... When things come like this, where somebody comes beside you and somebody wants to celebrate, look what God's done. And we, we may celebrate with them, but really we're not in celebration of what God's doing. Jethro, I believe, cared for Moses. It's amazing that when we love somebody and are genuinely for them and what God is doing in their midst, how it strengthens our own walk because we watch what God's doing in somebody else. See, I believe this strengthened Jethro's walk just as much as he turned and had a burnt offering and they sacrificed to the Lord. And I believe based on that, as we come to this second point, 
The second point is very simple. Moses listened to Jethro. You know, I believe because of that, when Jethro comes down, and it came to pass in verse 13 on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people. So we've got Moses. He's now sitting on his, I don't know, wherever Moses is sitting at the time. And Moses is in his place. And I can imagine there's just a line of people wrapped around that were coming to give all of their garbage to Moses. Moses, I just want to come to you. Did you know that my neighbor, blah, 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 blah. And Moses gives his answer. And the next guy, Moses, I just want to come to you because of blah, 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 blah. And he, next guy, after next guy, after next guy. They're estimating there's a couple million people that were here. Now, did all of them come to see Moses on that day? I don't know. But Jethro goes, what? He says, what in the world? And when Moses' father-in-law saw this, he did to the people, or all that he did for the people, He said, what is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou thyself alone and all the people stand by thee from morning until evening? And Moses said unto his father-in-law, because the people come unto me to inquire of God. When they have a matter, they come unto me and I judge between one and another and I do make them know the statutes of God. And Moses' father-in-law I can imagine, can you imagine? Moses is like, oh, Jethro, look at all of these people coming to me. All of the things that I get to tell them, and I'm, I'm sharing with them all of the things of God, and I'm, I'm going through all of these things, and Moses is probably like, man, I'm doing a lot of work. And Jethro says, you're going to kill yourself, man. He looks right at him, and he says, it is not Good. The thing that you are doing is not good. He, in verse 18, thou wilt surely wear away. Both thou and this people is with thee. He looks at him and he says, Moses, I mean, you're doing a great thing, but you're going to die because you can't continue to do this forever. And the people, the the people that you love are going to die as well. I I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't know that I always love to have somebody come to me and be like, hey, uh, Aaron, just so you know, what you're doing is destroying yourself and your church. And I'm looking at them going, but you don't understand I love them. This is all that God has given to me, and I'm doing my best to do this, and I'm doing my best to do this. And he looks at me and says, but Aaron, you're going to die, and you're going to destroy your church. That's basically what just happened. See, I use this point, and I use the first point of celebration because Moses listened to Jethro because Jethro was willing to celebrate and care and love Moses and I ask the question and I look at you and I I have to look in the mirror myself Moses influenced the faith of Jethro but because Jethro took time and took care of Moses and Jethro did all of the things Moses was at the same time vulnerable back to Jethro because he realized and he understood that Jethro cared, that Jethro loved him, that Jethro had his best interest in mind. So I ask you this question. Who has the ability 
who loves you, who cares for you, that gets to sit down with you when you are bragging, if you will, about all the things that are going on in your life and they look at you and they say, listen, time out. I just want you to know, one, I don't even have to tell you that I love you because you know that, but you're going to hurt yourself. I wonder who gets to speak into you. Who speaks into your life? See, Moses had all of these things. Moses had done all of those things. Moses could have looked at Jethro and said, Jethro, do you not understand all of the things that I just did? Jethro, did you stare at a burning bush that God was speaking to you out of? Jethro, did you smack the water and see the waters part? Jethro, did you watch the manna fall from heaven? Jethro, did you smack a rock and watch water come out of it? I'm not going to lie, I probably would have done some of that. Do you not? Do you you see who you're talking to? Do you know the meetings that I've had with God? But Jethro says, Hey Moses, you're going to hurt yourself. And all those people that you say you're loving, and all the people that you're you're doing this for, you're going to hurt them also. And I ask you, just like I've asked myself this week, who are the people in my life that I would allow to say, uh, Aaron, I I know you have great intentions and I know you're doing this and I know you're trying to do that, but you are going to hurt yourself and others if you continue to do that. Hey, Aaron, um, that thing that you said, yeah, it was kind of funny, but you probably shouldn't say that because you just hurt someone's feeling. Did you think about this? And you go, oh, I guess I really did say that, didn't I? That's something that I have to go to often. I guess I really did say that. And I'm sure that can't hurt feelings. Who is it that has the ability, or is it, or should I say, who is it that you are vulnerable to? Who is it that you are vulnerable to? If someone who didn't know Moses walked up to Moses and said, Moses, I'm just telling you, you're going to kill yourself and everybody else. He would have looked at them and he would have said, who in the world are you? But because Jethro cared, Jethro loved, Jethro spent time caring for, Moses was willing to be vulnerable to that man. And I ask you, Who is it in your life that loves you, that cares for you, that you are willing to say, my my life is open to you, speak into it because I know you want my best interest just like I do. The last thought this morning is today their vulnerability is still impacting the kingdom. See, because the both of them were vulnerable, think about it. Do you imagine that there was some form of like hesitancy on Jethro's part? (laughs) I mean, to me, I've had confrontation in my life. It's not something that I wake up in the morning excited about. I don't get up and like, all right, sweet. This is going to be a lot of fun. I imagine that Jethro sat there and I imagine to some regard, Jethro had to be vulnerable to be putting himself out there. Moses could have looked at him and said, Jethro, get out of my house. Leave. I don't ever want to see you again. He could have looked at him and done whatever it was as the leader at that time. He could have probably, I don't know, but 
Jethro was willing to put himself out to be vulnerable. I wonder if any of you are vulnerable enough to say to somebody, hey, you got to guard this. Because they both were, it still impacts the kingdom. It was ultimately both of them being willing to be vulnerable. Both of them displayed a courage and faith. Jethro said unto Moses, listen to me, I will counsel you. If we look at this passage in, uh, again, Exodus chapter number 18 and verse number 24. So Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Think of the vulnerability, and I didn't read the passage of Scripture that Jethro said, but think of the vulnerability of Jethro in verse number 19 where he says, Hearken now unto my voice. I will give you counsel, and God shall be with you. Be thou for the people of God to Godward, to Godward that thou mayest bring the causes unto God. In verse number 24, so Moses hearkened. Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. I'm not going through all of the details of what Moses had said this morning. That's not really the intention. The intent is the heart behind it. The intent is that we would be willing to be vulnerable. We are speaking of influence over these next few weeks. And the influence that all of us have, and I want you to know, you have influence. But your influence is really over specific people more so than the masses maybe. My influence is different because of what I do. But the people that I have the most influence with are the people that you might say inside of my little circle. Because those are the ones that I can sit down that have come to me and said, Pastor, I need you to tell me this or I'm asking you to do this. I have two men that I speak to on a regular basis that would come to me and say, hey, how is this going? What is this? What is that? Are you doing this? And there's people that I have that come to me and say, Aaron, there's people that aren't here this morning in this room, but that have come to me and said, Aaron, just like Moses with Jethro, I have Jethro's that have said, you're going to die if you keep doing that. Do we have that? Because ultimately, if the, if the goal of our influence and the goal of this vulnerability is that we would impact the kingdom, that we would make a difference long before we are, long after we are gone, then I have to be vulnerable today to people, to somebody. Moses heeded the voice of his father-in-law. According to Deuteronomy chapter 1, 9 through 18, and I'm not reading all of that, Moses shared Jethro's counsel with the people. He admitted his, he admitted his own weakness and, and his weariness and asked them to select leaders to assist him. They approved of the plan, if you will, and selected people to help. Influence is important. The video that we saw of somebody that was just willing to be uh, loving on people we looked at last week, the refuge for women was here. The influence that they have because they're willing to be vulnerable and opened up to somebody. Stories of Moses and Jethro and countless others in scriptures that are always, they've stepped out, they've become vulnerable to somebody, they become vulnerable to God. And I wonder this morning, in a simple, simple sermon, I wonder... Are we willing to be vulnerable to God? 
and be vulnerable to those around us because we have a desire to impact the kingdom long after we are gone. See, vulnerability to God is that I would trust Him, that I would walk with Him, that I would allow Him to lead me and guide me into places that I really don't think that I'm capable of going, but I'm trusting because I'm vulnerable. I wonder if I'd be vulnerable enough to listen to somebody say, Pastor, hey Aaron, you're really going to hurt yourself if you don't stop that. Do you realize when you make that smart aleck comment, though it's funny, you're hurting people. I tend to be a smart aleck and make smart comments, maybe not so smart comments. And though it may be funny, it's hurting people. Hey, Aaron, you, you got to guard that. I wonder if I'd be vulnerable to be the one that stops and says, hey, what you're doing right here isn't going to help you. Hey, the way that you're treating your parent, your, the way that you're treating your children is going to hurt you. You're hurting your kids. I wonder if I would be vulnerable to be that friend to influence and be influenced. So this morning, whether you are Moses or you are Jethro, I ask in closing, who do you care for enough that you are willing to be vulnerable and lovingly speak truth into? Who are you allowing to care for you that is speaking truth into your life, that is being opened to you? Are you vulnerable enough to say, God, here I am. And I'm willing for you to take and use me as an influence wherever it is that you would take and use me because I trust you and I'm opened up to you. This morning, influence is vulnerability. And I wonder and I ask and I plead with you, are you being vulnerable to the Lord first? And is there somebody that you're looking at that you would be vulnerable enough to speak into and that you allow to speak into yourself?